3: Now on Mackie and John.
2: Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon?
1: Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of
3: significant importance. We oh, like, like that? All right, we got Declan. We got James, intern Max. Questions of significant importance. And it sounds like it's going to be James and Declan tag-teaming these Judd here. All right. So... Going for the yeah. tag team titles here. All right. Wel- Welcome back to 1530 yeah, nice ESPN, to back. by oh, the way, Thanks, Declan, man. Luke. I'm
0: glad to be back. Thank you for inviting me back here on the, on the fun game. Don't make me do Game Show Friday ever again, but, you know, that's the only thing uh, I, I regret that I don't want to do.
3: Some of my favorite moments were Declan's first couple times producing our show when he just felt so bad when he, like, he'd mess something up and it would feel so bad, like giving up a line drive single or something. What'd you mess up? Oh, I mess up
1: a, a handful of things. In turn, Charlie you know. <laughs> screwed it up on a weekly basis, and, and we kept him coming back. That's right. <laughs> he kept getting answers wrong. We'd be like, oh, sorry, we just gave away something we shouldn't have.
3: Okay, okay real quick, look at Andrew Luck. What the hell? So he's got a mustache. <laughs> he, he's an odd-looking human being. He's got chest hair sprouting out of some weird lumberjack shirt. I wish you just did the Captain Andrew Luck thing
0: in real life. I wish that's I how I think that's just,
1: what's happening. He yeah. is... He looks so far away from being a quarterback. Like if you were to say, all right, look at this dude. I'll give you five guesses. You'd be like lumberjack, homeless, used Carpenter? to be homeless, vagrant. You would never come across quarterback.
3: No. Early 90s all. porn star. I think yeah. all of those things are in play. A scary looking porn star even. Alright, let's fire some questions
0: you, you up want,
1: here. You want me to start this up? Well
0: I'll, I'll start it off. Oh.
2: I'll come I'll come to you for the Power hot move. tag. You'll be I am Road Dog. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get buried in the corner and you're Billy Gunn coming off wow. for the hot tag. How about Jeff, that? Do you know who road I've, dog or Billy Gun? I have are? no clue.
1: I have no clue what you just oh, said. Oh,
2: you didn't know? <laughs> Uh, all right. Over to James. Okay. Um, one thing that we haven't seen too much of in the news as of late is the situation regarding the Big Ten coaches, DJ Durkin and Urban Meyer. When the college football season starts, will both one or neither of them still be employed? Judley.
1: Uh, Meyer is going to be employed. He's going to be suspended. He's not going to be fired. If he was going to be fired, they would have pulled the plug by now on him. So I think he'll be suspended. Uh, I saw a story last night that indicated they are also probably going to do a time served because he's been out for quite a while. I think Durkin gets fired. Like this investigation, a kid died. A kid died because of yeah. your irresponsible, uh, strength and conditioning coach who already has been, has been let go. So I think the season starts. Durkin is out. Meyer is in. He might not coach that first game, but he's not fired.
3: Yeah, I think, it, and there are stories that are coming out. Like, there's a story from yesterday that described Maryland's football culture as toxic. For instance, I don't know if people are describing Ohio State's football culture as toxic. I think what winds up happening is Urban Meyer gets slapped on the back of it. But like Mar- Maryland is in a much easier spot to fire D J Durkin because there's a bunch of D J Durkins out there. And this is, unfortunately, sometimes this is how society works and how sports work especially. There ain't that many Urban Myers out there. There's a Nick Saban, there's an Urban Meyer, and there's maybe two or three others that you would put even near that category. And so I would say Maryland has a pretty easy time just finding the next. And Ohio State says, we'd like to keep this one <laughs> through the turmoil. Let's just Let's just come to some agreement where he's suspended until the conference season begins. So he gets a three-game suspension. So, yeah.
0: Going back to our uh, pecking order, we were talking about players that ended their careers, maybe a little or in a, in a place where maybe they shouldn't have. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit here on you. Is there a player who you would have liked see, I like to see, end their career in Minnesota? It could be pass, could be present. Aaron Rodgers. You know, who, yes. Who wants David Ortiz? You know, who's going to join the <laughs> exclusive clubs of you know Brett Favre, Brett Boone? You know, who, who do Brett you want? Boone. Who do you want to see end their career <laughs> oh, in Minnesota?
3: So it just for some clarification here. It does it have. Does it have to be someone who looks like Brett Boone and Brett Favre did at the end of their Minnesota careers? Uh, not necessarily. I, I I think that's probably a more likely outcome yeah. just because they're, they're going to be on the
0: tail end of it. But, you know, <laughs> it could, could be like a Larry Fitzgerald or something. Like It, it could be someone that might still have something to the
3: tank. But. Larry Fitz, there's been rumors and flirtations there, but he's made it pretty clear now that he, like, he'd be really fun. But I feel like he's put that to bed the last couple of years and he wants to retire in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He'd be awesome. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be the dream. Right. Because Aaron Rodgers
1: is just more trolling of the Packers organization, oh,
3: and if you could pay it off with a Super Bowl this time instead of <laughs> oh, coming up just short, so from a football perspective, I would give you that one. I mean, it'd be kind of fun if old Alex Ovechkin was in a wild uniform in six or eight right. years from now, wouldn't it? Be
1: Danny. He be Danny Heatley part,
3: but he'd still score thirty goals even if he could just stand there and do nothing. That's right. He's and a he much spent better versed at the of bars.
1: <laughs> Be up and down West Seventh Street pretty much every night,
3: and I would still, mm. I'd still take a flyer on thirty-nine-year-old LeBron James after the Wolves draft his son. So the Wolves oh, draft his son, and son say, "You know what? You're You're like you, want, you want to play with uh, your son? Come on over here and play a year in Minnesota." I like it. That's a that's a likely scenario.
0: What, Jed? You got any, another hockey player though that you would have liked to see? in North
1: Stars, Wild, anyone? You know what? There were guys at one point... I'm trying to think of now who, who's a, who's a prominent local who's left here and and has not come David, back.
3: What about David Backus? Nah,
1: nah, nah. I wouldn't do it for me. Either. I like him a lot, but it, it doesn't mean th- that much to me. I'm trying to think of who would be... Because there was a time where, where I would have said... Zach Parisi for sure, thirteen-year contract, ninety-eight million dollars. I'm all in. Oh, you're
3: going to get plenty of Zach Parisi at know, the end of his career. I know, but I know, I know, I've got that one. Thank you very
1: much. Along with uh, with
0: my guy Suits, you wanted Thomas Vanek, I'm sure, back too. Oh, I did too. I I still defend him to this day.
1: I'm the only guy that standing on James, his grave. can you shut up?
2: Uh, no. Can you never bring up? Can you never on this show
1: bring up the name of Thomas Vanek ever, ever again?
2: Sure, fine. Just for you, John. Pretty hard to score goals playing. How about this? With How about Bradziek? this?
1: When Belichick and Brady, it finally falls out. Brady here for one last year. Super Bowl title, age of 46. How so about it that? So it'd
3: have to be when Kirk Cousins is done. So it, it'd have to be, yeah, at least three 10. years from now. 46.
1: Okay. 46, 47. Walking off with that Lombardi trophy in purple. Next to next to Favre and, and A-Rodge, it
3: would be the greatest thing. Now listen, the Vikings, they can market that, right? Historically, Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Absolutely. Fran came back for a second stint. He wasn't that old, but Frank came back for a mm-hmm. second stint. You had Warren Moon come in to mm-hmm. almost finish his career. Brett Favre, Randall Cunningham. I was going to say, the the one on quarterback who McNabb. had
1: aged in the 90s into the 2000s, Tom Brady would fit in perfect here.
2: Yeah. All right, for the third question. Yesterday, Steven Gonsalves had his nerves get the best of him in his major league debut. And this isn't going to be a slight on him, but I'm just using it as an example. But what are some of your most memorable moments to you guys where a Minnesota athlete peed down their leg <laughs> in a big time situation? This is
1: so easy. Wow. This is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nineteen ninety eight NFC championship game, second half, Randall Cunningham at the Metrodome. Would have rather been any place else but that place. I honestly I don't think it's super easy with with elite athletes. So if it's a young kid, it's not uh it's not too shocking. But when you come to guys who have played entire years, I don't think it's easy to see nerves. Like you got to really be looking or sensing it. I remember being there though at that game and thinking to myself, he doesn't want to be here. Like he looks nervous right mm-hmm. now. Randall Cunningham is, if there is a, if there is one shining example for me, it was Randall Cunningham epitomized what happened to the Vikings in a game that they they should have won. And if Gary's kick had gone or not, it shouldn't have come down to that. But I thought that Cunningham really honestly melted down in the second mm-hmm. half of
3: that game. Uh, could I say the Gopher football defensive coordinator from 2003's Michigan game? Yeah, who was That's it? That's a great one. Was it that Greg? Um, That's
1: a really good question. The hell was that guy's name? Who was
3: that? I can't, can't remember the guy's name. But wh- whoever that guy was, <laughs> you have a three touchdown lead. Yeah. All you have to do, or even you know, you could flip it around and say, anyone on offense, offensive lineman, perhaps. You ran for four hundred yards. You just need a first down. But this is—we've talked about this all week because Irvin Santana's season is done. But Irvin Santana's performance in the wildcard game last year, now. The defense there is he might have been injured in pitching with half a repertoire of pitches because he couldn't get his slider to break. But on the surface, it just looks like the guy had an unbelievable regular season and then went into Yankee Stadium and couldn't see straight, right? Mm-hmm. So he fits into that category. Um, I'm trying to think of other Twins players. I mean, people are going to say, well, what about Mauer in the playoffs? Mauer hits like 280 in the playoffs. Yeah, he doesn't matter. What about, what about Joe Nathan in
0: the postseason? He had a couple moments. That's the Yankees, where Yankees? Yeah. The Yankee, I mean, the Twins of the Yankees beaten to a couple of those games. A
3: Rod hit a seven hundred foot home run off in one time. Tex Tocheri hit a big one in. in 09. Yeah, you could put Joe Nathan was. I I still contend that Joe Nathan was the second best regular season closer of his time, behind only Mariana Rivera. Right of his time. I'm not saying ever, just of his time. Yeah,
0: I mean postseason year of near nine. I mean, the guy just even after he left the Twins, there was like the wild card game with the Texas Rangers. He didn't pitch too well either, so.
1: Yeah, not a lot of good postseason. i got one for, for you, for boys. How about Dubnik in the playoffs? Yes and no. He, I doesn't, think all, he doesn't always, and I'm not saying across yeah. the board, but there's the thing that drives you nuts about him, and, and this is true during the season, but especially in in the playoffs or has been that fluky goal, that just really sure. goofy that goofy goal. You're like, how did that even go in? And in the playoffs,
2: you can't afford that goal. So. Yeah. John, well, how about the, the entire hockey club in the playoffs? You could put anybody. You could put Jason Zucker there.
3: You could put you could put the Gophers in there, too. Yeah, that, too. Let's
1: just
2: put all of our sports
1: <laughs> teams in that bag. <laughs> Wait, and...
3: just, how about Minnesota hockey in general, yeah. outside of a two-year run from the early 2000s? It could be the
0: Gophers, too. We can just <laughs> throw them all in that bin. 20, yeah, 26 starts for Dudenick in the postseason, 18 losses.
3: Okay. So six is, what, and 18. What are his other, what's, what save percentage goals against?
0: Uh, Career wise, save percentage of 904, GAA of okay. 272. But that Jake Allen series, Dubnik was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he was good in that he one, I was fantastic.
3: I agree.
1: But there have been the goofy goals, those right. just fluky goals, and you're like, those can't go in. Yeah. And the one
0: last Twins debut, rookie debut that was absolutely putrid that wasn't mentioned, Mac Garza. Do you remember Mac Garza's debut with the Twins in 06? It was brief,
3: wasn't it? Yeah. Two, it was two brutal. and two thirds or something. Two and two thirds. Look at that. Wow. Seven oh, no. earned oh. runs. No, why do you hits? remember
1: that? <laughs> Matt
3: Garza. <laughs> Matt Garza. How about that trade with the Rays being... It was a blockbuster at the time. Yeah. Whoa, stud young pitcher, stud young, young hitter. I, it worked out better for the Rays because Garza was... And yeah, Bar- he was that, good for them for a, a year or two. But all of those He's players three years later wound up just being yeah. whatever. Or Jason Bartlett. yeah,
1: Falling down in Cleveland in left field and then <laughs> quitting right away because he knew it was a
3: joke. <laughs> Let's talk a minute about TCL TVs. You know what's, you know what's great in 4K picture quality? John Fox's red face. It's like he's still standing outside in the cold at Soldier Field. It doesn't look healthy, Phil. No, it does not. And you know what? If you have frostbitten cheeks like Tom Coughlin or John Fox, it's going to be tough for you if you're on a 4K picture-quality TV from TCL because you get every nook and cranny. I was talking with some coworkers uh, a couple commercial breaks ago about just watching golf on TV these days and how much better it is. Try watching golf on a TCL TV with this type of picture quality. There's a reason why TCL is now the third largest TV manufacturer in the world. They're growing and why it's America's fastest growing TV brand. You can stop in and test drive, so to speak. Just go stare at a TCL TV in any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Google TCL TVs to get rave reviews or visit their website, TCLUSA.com.
2: Uh, this morning I met with both quarterbacks. Uh, we named Zach Annickstead. Our starting quarterback. So, uh, Unbelievable competition. Uh, it was the hardest decision I've had
3: to make as a football coach. Choosing between two freshmen.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is uh unbelievably hard decision between I mean, a guy yeah. who redshirted and a guy who didn't.
3: Is it true? true that, did I see this yesterday from someone on Twitter? The only other true – he's a true freshman, right? The yes. only other true freshman walk-on to start from game one recently or ever Baker, is Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield, yes. Yep. How does Oklahoma? I can see how the Gophers wind up with a true freshman quarterback. No, walk he wasn't a at o- Oklahoma. He's at Texas A&M. He transferred. But he but he did it at Oklahoma, uh, at Texas A&M. So even Texas A&M, like when you're yep. that big of a program, I can see how the Gophers find themselves in a spot where crap, we don't have a quarterback. Cuz right. that's that's been the case forever. Right. But how does a huge program like Texas A&M wind up in that spot? I have Interesting.
1: I have no clue, but I will say this. Is there anything more overblown than a decision like this when you know damn well that both guys are going to play? Yeah. Like, there's no... It's not it's not as if you've decided that this annexed dead kid is going to be your starter, and now he is never going to come out. College football, and especially with, with a team like this, okay, he's going to start the first game. He might be out by halftime. Yeah. Tanner Morgan might start by week two.
3: Keep the arm warm. Yeah, kid. So it's, but it's just... Yes.
1: It's funny because... Because we become so conditioned now in quarterback battles to be like, well, he won, that's it. Yeah. And in a situation like this, it's like, okay, that's cool. He'll start the first game. And then at some point, the other kid's going to play by either halftime of game one or probably in game two.
3: Yeah. So, so I'm going through gopher history right now, quarterback history, and I've gone back 30 years. Why have you done this to yourself? Because I'm curious, all right? Mike Honsie? Was that a quarterback at yep. one point?
1: Mike Conley was a quarterback. That might be more. That's more than thirty years. I bet now, though, because that's when I was a kid.
3: I'm into the Markell Fleetwood. Oh era yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was older by then.
3: 1990. Yeah. Now you're making me feel really old. So thanks. I think this is accurate. Mm-hmm. And I'll start here. Baker Mayfield was the best college quarterback, uh, 2016, 17, with Oklahoma. He threw, and and these are Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield was the epitome of a modern college football offense, right? It's spread. It's a quarterback who's mobile, but also throws the ball really well. He's accurate. 40 touchdown passes in 2016, 43 touchdown passes, 2017. I mean, that's where PJ, what PJ Fleck is talking about, winning a national championship at some point. Well, Oklahoma football with Baker Mayfield a few years ago, two years ago, last year, that's the model. Okay. Let's not, make the goal to be 40 touchdown passes in a passing offense, okay? Let's set the goal at 25 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. 25. I don't think, unless someone can go back before 1988, that's as far back as I've gone, I don't think any gopher quarterback in the history of the program has thrown 25 touchdown passes in one season. Okay. I, just uh, right. Adam Weber threw 24 in 2007. Yep. He threw 20 in 2010. Poor guy. Brian Cupido threw 22 in 2006. All right. And and I went back to 1988 on sportsreference.com. So and there is no gopher quarterback. There's been combined quarterbacks who've maybe gone up to right. 25, but there's never been an individual gopher quarterback who's even thrown 25 touchdown passes in one year. Yeah. And it, that's insane.
1: Yeah. And now, now, in some of those cases, you did ha- have offenses that that revolved around the run game. Most of them, Because they I could say, run, yeah. and they could block at times, not
3: across the board. Sure. The 25 touchdown passes I know, is not asking that much. I know. To a game. And and it includes a soft non-conference schedule.
1: Go through some of the names. if, if are you got, sure? If you've got the na- Yeah, let's just do If, if there are children
3: it. listening in the vehicle, you know what? Rip turn-
1: the damn Band-Aid off. Let's go through the names. Well, I'm going backwards Markel here.
3: Fleetwood. <laughs> I'll go forward from 1988. Okay. Okay. All right. So Scott Schaffner. I uh, went to high
1: school with Ken Griffey Jr. at Cincinnati Moeller. What? I once did a, when <laughs> when I was at the student radio station, I once sat down and actually did a one-on-one. He was a really nice kid, but he played, he played at the same Cincinnati high school as Griffey Jr. And that, in fact, is where Jerry Faust, the Irish coach, at one point came from. Wow, he was the high school football coach at Cincinnati Moeller, which was the which was the school of Scotty Shop.
3: By the way, Markel Fleetwood. It looks like as a senior, threw seven touchdowns and eighteen interceptions. In how many 19, did for he run for? Whacker. How many did he run for? Uh, he had three hundred nineteen yards on a hundred sixteen attempts for two and a half yards per carry. Wow! In case you're wondering why the nineteen ninety two Gophers were crappy. Oh, that was
1: awful. Okay. <laughs>
3: All right. Uh, I think we're getting to a Corey Sauter period of time here. Uh, uh, Tim, Tim, is it Tim Shade? Tim Shoddy Shade? Shade. And Shade. Scott Eckers? I
1: believe it was Shade, and I don't remember Scott Eckers. I've erased him from the memory bank. I actually have no recollection of him.
3: Uh, the same two guys. And then finally, Corey Sauter started mixing in here in yeah. the in the mid 90s. Yeah. And Corey Sauter wound up for sure in training camp with the Lions. He, Corey Sauter and might he be play. the greatest quarterback in Gopher football, at least in my lifetime. And re- yeah in your lifetime you right. might be you might be right. Uh then we get to the wow, the foggy bi- though. Foggy. That goes back a little further in the 80s, oh, okay. right? Okay. 84, yeah. So uh we're getting into the late 90s here. Billy Cockerham? Oh yeah. Remember him? Oh yeah. I, I remember. Believe him. Billy Cockerham was the quarterback of the team that beat Penn State when Penn State was undefeated at 9 and 0 late in the season. In, I think Billy Cockerham was the quarterback. Yep. Pretty sure that's the I remember case. him well. Uh, let's see. 1998. You had Andy Persby, who's a listener oh, yeah. of this radio show. Hill Andy Murray. Persby also was a was a player in the twin system. Hill Murray, yeah. He was good. Oh boy. This is yeah. I, Oh, this is great. This is great exercise. I don't even know who the 2000. Okay. Travis Cole. No recollection. And then Zero. Asad Abdul khaliq who My you remember personal right. Personal favorite gopher football player. Travis Asad Abdul- Cole? No, Asad oh. Abdul khaliq Yeah. He used
0: to ball out. I loved him.
3: Until the fourth
0: quarter of the and, Michigan and game. the Michigan in game. Wait, did you just say a gopher quarterback balled yeah. out? through a pick six and... Things See, got this it. is
1: what's wrong with college football in this town. When young men like you think a guy like Asad Abdul
3: Kalik balled out. Yeah. I'm with Judd on that one. I think that's sports beer goggles talking. Yep. And it's not your fault. Dude. No, it's What not. year were you yeah. born? The mid-90s? 92. Okay, oh, yeah, so no. it's not your fault. Yep. You were born after... The Twins Championships. Right. I was seven when those happened, when the second you one happened. You don't know so. better. That's your problem. It's not your fault because yeah. you don't know any better. Uh, Benj Kamprath. What? He was a quarterback for a while in like 2003 for maybe a game. I mean, he might have been a backup. No recollection. That's what, three
1: guys that you brought up who I have no recollection of.
3: Innie O'Brien Coupado. Oh, yeah. Coop. Serviceable enough. Tony Mortenson. Vaguely.
1: Couldn't have named him. Tony Mortensen. Man. And how, how much did he play? Do, do you have his stats
3: in front of you or no? I just, I blazed through here. He Then Adam Weber took took over for Mortensen's him. Mortensen's name rings a yeah. bell. That was amazing
1: Poor Weber, right there. <laughs> Poor Weber. If I'm not mistaken, four years, four OCs. Yeah. Might
3: do you have been, remember? It might have been five OCs in four years. My favorite
1: <laughs> Weber story I read was when it might have been Jed Fish was OC for a year. And decided to have the poor kid throwing baseballs in the football building. Like they but Jed Jed, Fish,
3: Jed Fish has become a really credible, good no, football I know. coach.
1: I know. But I think it was Jed Fish who decided. That, that he would have him throwing baseballs. So, like, they walked in and he's, like, playing catch with a the baseball. They're like, what, what what's going on here? He's this like, is
3: just messing with him. It's like, yeah. Oh, I was kidding. What are, you, what are you doing? Oh, I just revamped my whole throwing motion. How about that, though? Four offenses. He, he was a good quarterback. He was. If Adam Weber had been in any other, if like, a credible program with one system that worked, I really think he was already a backup quarterback in the NFL at camps. Yep and spent some time around Peyton Manning. I I th- I don't know if he would have been a starting NFL quarterback, but I think he would have legit made a living playing pro football. He
1: would have had a chance. Didn't he go to NC yeah.
3: State?
0: Didn't he finish there?
3: Weber? Yeah. No, he played no, for the oh, here. years. Who am I thinking of though? Didn't oh, I'm thinking of
0: Philip Nelson. <laughs> I think he well, went he, to That NC was an State. NC State. That was a uh... Where'd he go? I, th- I think it was down in the, one of the ACC schools. Don't confuse those two. Yeah, my bad.
2: <laughs> Film that, oh, the Pirates, whatever they are. Uh, Eastern Carolina? Yeah, yeah there you go. One. Yeah, because he was going to go to
1: Rutgers, and then there was the whole thing in Mankato. Yeah, don't confuse those two. So
2: you didn't bring up my favorite Gopher quarterback. Mitchell Eidner's my favorite Gopher quarterback. Why is Mitch Leidner
3: your favorite go for quarterback? I, James? He, you know he just gro- talking about my favorite Mitch Leidner game, and it was all of the all of the James Murphys of the world that watched him in the first half against Wisconsin a couple years ago. Yes, yep. where's all the Mitch Leidner oh, yeah. haters now? And then the second half happens, and it's like <laughs> uh, delete, 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 delete. There was never any time
1: that somebody if somebody took to Twitter to be like Leidner looks pretty good now, Zolgad, All you had to say was wait.
2: Yeah, just. Yeah.
1: Wait for the third quarter start.
2: It was a, you know, I, I just I I always I always liked the guy. I, I, I feel I felt he was a good guy, and I uh, he is a good guy. Yeah. He was driving for Bite Squad afterwards. He was doing great. Exactly. <laughs> he brought your food quick. It was he too wasn't- hot. He wasn't a good. He wasn't a good passer, but he was. He was a good leader, and I, and he was a good runner, and I appreciated it.
1: You know what? I'm going to give both of you a complete
3: break.
2: Yeah, you're so. Bra- what else say. have we seen? You're so
1: brainwashed by the crap that that you've been forced to watch that you have no idea what's good play. You
3: know, Mitch actually came over. He delivered some bite squad to my place a couple weeks ago, and I told him, you know, just for old times' sake, why don't you throw the sandwich this way? He broke the damn window in the third floor above me. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: <laughs> oh. Right, It's almost football season. Can't wait for that opener in so New Mexico
3: State. Zach Anik's Dad. hopefully you're not on this list. Hopefully you're, you're elevating and pushing beyond. Um, let's come back. Lindsey Whalen was magnificent a couple hours ago on this show, answering questions about her decision to retire. And uh, when you know it's time, Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment.
2: So long, losers! On
3: 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgan. Give us your thoughts on that. Absolutely ridiculous. Mackey and Judd. I ain't putting up with that. On 1500. We have to put up with that nonsense. Mackie and Judd uh, earlier, Collar and Judd, a couple hours ago on the show, had a great lengthy chat with Lindsey Whalen, who's been a weekly guest on this show throughout the entire season and obviously she announced and they held a ceremony after the game earlier this week that this is her last season, and so she opened up about why she made the decision when it's time to look forward and move on. This was our conversation with Lindsey Whalen.
1: Lindsey Whalen of the Lynx uh, joins us as well right now from Los Angeles where the Lynx will play a one-game winner-take-all playoff tonight. And before we talk about that, let's uh, go back to the events on Sunday. What was that like for you to have, a ga- to have a game in that building where it was packed and, and in many ways it revolved around you? I mean, is that surreal to a certain degree to have that much attention?
4: Yeah, I mean, by the end of the week, I was kind of, um, I mean, you want to take it all in, but at the same time, it felt like it was, for me, I was like kind of ready for it to be done just because it's, it is so much attention and... Um, I don't know for any any person it's when it gets to be kind of a week like that um I don't know it gets to be a little overwhelming but at the same time it was a lot of fun and um I kind of felt like once once the game finished and we won it was um it was just really cool to to go out um in the regular season that way with a win at home on um all the fans that came out and then uh, on fan appreciation night as well to get that win was really um well i think it was really special for us and um it kind of gave us a a nice little pep in our step going into tonight's
5: game. Uh, I was curious, Lindsay, because I, I was there and the referees decided to just have them throw the ball back in as we were all trying to give you a standing ovation. Did you did you notice that or were you too sort of in the moment and what did that feel like?
4: Oh, I didn't I when I got subbed out at the end. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah no, I didn't even know um no, I didn't know that they so I threw it in
5: kind of quick or something like that. Yeah. Everyone was sort of like standing <laughs> up like, okay, this is our, we've waited for this all game to give you the ovation. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, wait a minute. Why are they playing? Like, stop, stop playing. Uh, it was kind of funny. Cause I thought the problems that uh, I've seen this year, especially with the uh, refereeing, uh, I was like, mm-hmm. this is perfect. This is, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is appropriate that they would botch something like that. But so, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you didn't notice. So then how did that, how did that moment feel then? Um, that was cool. I mean, once
4: we got up maybe 10, you know, you kind of knew it was coming and whatnot. And so it was, um, it was nice that coach did that for me and we got to have a nice moment, me and her. So that was the biggest thing was just like the fans were amazing. But the, then when you're running out, you're coming to your, your teammates and your coaches. And, um, that's like the, you know, the coolest part about that is that you just get to go and give everybody a hug. And then, uh, and the fact that we won, you know, it was just like, um, it was just all it all worked out so well um for it to come for it to come down like that to uh you know have, play a really great game. We all played really well, and it was probably one of our better games of the season and to be able to do that was really a lot of fun for us and um just yeah, to be able to share that moment with everybody there it was really really
1: fun so from the moment that you got up um at the podium last week to announce this through Sunday what was your what was your expectation of what the week would be like and, and did it play out like that or was it different
4: um you know you don't you'd never know because it's such a it's something that you think about like I've probably thought about more the last probably this off season a lot and then you know here and there the last couple off seasons just like what what's next what am I going to do how long do I want to play so then to have it come down to that week it's just there's been so much thought and planning going into it that you just I don't know, you don't really know what to expect and um it was I mean, we announced it and then um it was the day after a game and then we played the next day as well. So it was like we had to quick quickly change gears to um another game and then we traveled um out to Connecticut and then back. So it was just a lot. They did a, a nice um send off thing for me as well in Connecticut, so that was pretty cool. Um talked to a lot of the media out there um since it was my first um you know my first team and everything so yeah i mean it was it was just a a crazy week um i don't think it could have happened any better um you know at the end with playing against out in connecticut and then at home against coach tebow it was just really ended um really well and i mean i hope we extended a long time here now with these playoffs but um as far as the regular season to go as far as that it was pretty perfect that how it ended
1: if there was one thing that surprised you about about the events of the week what would that have been
4: um let's see oh i i don't know i think just uh um maybe when lebron tweeted me that was pretty cool um <laughs> that, that, was, that the, was definitely a yes. surprise um that was a surprise um I don't know. I think just the, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of attention, but that week it was really magnified. So, um, just, I guess the overwhelming attention and all that was, um, it was very flattering, but, um, it gets to a certain, um, you know, gets to a, like you said, or at the start of the interview, it gets to a certain point point. you're kind of just ready to go back and do your thing and like, you know, sit back in the backyard and grill and hang out and, <laughs> I don't know, watch Netflix and stuff like that. And, that, like, last week there was just no time for that. So I was, like, kind of ready to get back to a little bit of normalcy at some point. But um, it's been really cool. It's been a fun ride because we just, we pretty much just kept going because we flew to L.A. yesterday and now we're here to play a game. So it's just kind of like it's been a crazy week and just going to enjoy this ride as long as we can take it.
5: So b- before we got you on, Judd and I were talking about how I don't cry at things, like uh, sad mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that um are you are you like me is that why there hasn't been the emotional moment for you because all your teammates and Cheryl and people in the stands are crying but are you just not a crier are we like kindred spirits in that way yeah like it takes like so I when I when I cry
4: it's usually when I'm super tired and <laughs> when I'm like really overwhelmed with something and um I had a couple moments early this week and you guys just didn't see it because it was I was out in Connecticut where I was just exhausted and um yeah I had a couple moments where I um, or, or if something's like super sad, like I don't know when my this year when my I mean when my grandpa passed away, that was um, that was a tough uh, couple days because um, he, he meant so much to me. Um, but yeah, like the, like so in a in a situation like this, to me it's more of a I like a I don't know. To me it's a, it's been an amazing career, 15 years, all these championships. It's a it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of and a fun celebration. So to me it wasn't a I don't know. I just don't cry in those situations. You know I mean. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to really get my message across and and thank all my teammates for sure. And, um, and then after that, it was, uh, yes, I'm, I'm really in those situations. I don't really cry that often. I have to be like either exhausted or, or like super sad.
1: How did you know it it was time? Because my, my complaint about athletes and unfortunately this applies to elite ones a, a lot of the time is that, you know, they just continue to keep playing and I get it. I get the fact that it's tough to quit. And once you quit, you're done and that's a daunting thing to think about but how did you sort of start to know and and or accept that as much as you love to play the game of basketball it was time to transition to uh, something else in the game Lindsay?
4: probably this last off season when i was playing pickup games and i just didn't i didn't have the same that was when i really like fell in love with the game was playing pickup and just going and playing and so this year when I really struggled to want to go do that, um, I couldn't, I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do in the past. And even in the last couple of off seasons, I was able to play, pick up, play how I wanted, do my thing and feel so, um, you know, feel so good about it. And then this year, it just, it just kind of was different. Like I still like to work out of course, and, and work on my game, like my skills game and all that, and work on my jump shot and, and all that. And like be at practice with my teammates, but just, the pickup so that was kind of a moment when I was like man I think that this is it you know I think that um I just don't know if I what I have left in me because if I don't have that part in me then I'm really not sure what I can give to a team you know and then um and then you know throughout the season there's just there's just so many different you know moments that um that you're just like yeah like it's it's been fun it's been great but at the same time I'm, I'm you know I think I'm good after this season so um, I kind of knew going into the season though that this is my last one, even before the Gophers coaching job had 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 taken place and everything. So, um, yeah, I think just that that growing up playing the game and then you get to a point where you're just you're just like, oh, I think I could give to the game in other ways. You know, I think that that's um, that's kind of when it hit me the most.
5: You, you mentioned how appropriate it was to play against Connecticut and then have the home game at the end, and in Mike Tebow there. It seems yeah. appropriate too that you are headed out to LA to play the Sparks here. And actually, I, I've heard that um, Odyssey Sims has a really great like going away gift for you, and she's got. A, maybe maybe yeah. we'll get some hugs there, or at least a, a stare down or two. But how how much the, did you did you sort of say yeah that this is exactly right that we're going out to play LA here? I mean yeah, this has
4: been. It's it's just like um kind of what you would expect from this season. It's been so up and down. It's been you know, you have the first two seeds are Seattle and Atlanta, who they were in our positions last year playing in the first rounds and, and so the league has just kind of flipped, which eventually is it was, you know, you know, I guess going to at some point with the amount of good players on those teams and so um yeah, just to have us now from playing in all these finals games against them in the last two years to um right off the bat just 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 game five tonight you know I mean it's it's game four out here last year for us so uh, I couldn't think of it any better I mean it's going to be fun um I can't wait for the game it's um you know me and Odyssey obviously have history so um you know we'll see how that goes you just you you never know so it's going to be fun it'll be um an exciting game for sure and you know we've played well on the road this year we've we've had some really good road games and I feel like our team just how close we are this is a really cool way to start these playoffs is on the road it's a different journey it's a different season and i we couldn't think of any, a better way to be out here in la than with each other
5: so as far as the matchup goes i mean you know everybody is is going to swarm sylvia when you, when you dump down to the post there i mean you guys have played each other so many times you know each other so well what will be the key to walking out of la with a win
4: yeah, I think I mean I think we found um some pretty good um I don't know just the other night some pretty good some pretty good uh, uh synergy on the court. I, I think if we space the floor well for Sylvia it's going to be good. Um we know they're going to bring a double so it's just attacking that then and just her making her decisions when to go, when to pass it out, uh when to repost. So um that and then just defensively, um we know you know they have Parker, Chelsea Gray, Agumake that are all Capable of scoring, you know, twenty to thirty points on a given night. So, just defensively, keying in our matchups, following the game plan. This is where, you know, the game plan that the coach gives you, you have to follow it to just, I mean, to the absolute best of your ability, and and just go out there and, and work as hard as you can. It's going to come down to some jump balls and 50 balls and offensive rebounds. And so, um you know, I feel good with our with still down there as far as our advantage on the board. So, it should be a. It's going to be tooth and nail the whole way, so it should be a good one.
1: What, why do you and Sims not g- get along? What? What's the history of your uh, of, of your spats there?
4: Well, I started it because I flagrant followed her last year. Um, because I was um, last year, I was kind of thinking when we went into Game Four. Um, There's, I mean, they were just such a well-oiled machine last year. I was kind of like, um, you know, if we just play these guys kind of straight up it's going to be, I don't know if we can, if we can defeat them. So I was like, let me send a little message. And she was the one on the team that had never won a championship before. Um, she was the one that they traded for in the off season after they won in 2016. So I followed her as hard as I could without, I mean, it was, I went for the ball, but I made sure she felt it, you know? And so then that kind of started it. And then, um, you know, obviously we went on to win, um, you know, the whole series kind of changed with that fall. Yeah, we kind of we we out a <laughs> couple minutes later we took the lead and never lost the lead again. And then this year, um, I don't know. We just had a couple of dust ups this year, but nothing uh, nothing too big. But that that was probably what started
1: it was last year. You're a hockey player at heart, and you know it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. See, I was like, that's just I don't know. That's what I I was kind of just last year was like, okay, they're so good, like they just made you pay in every situation. So I was like, I, I kind of feel like just has to go somewhere else like a little bit of a mental game and and see how they re- react i'm like i know how my team is going to react so like sylvia moan becky and uh maya they're going to have my back regardless i'm like i gotta see because she's the newbie on their team i was like let me see how they they react to this and um you know i think that it's nothing that all they did our just team really fired our team up and, and from that point on like sylvia and brunson kind of dominated the series on the boards and that was it was a wrap after that
1: great stuff good luck uh,
5: thanks, guys. Thanks bye, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Yeah, bye yep.
1: bye. Lindsay Whalen. That's a great story.
5: That is great. Why do you ask that?
1: I love that strategy. That's a great strategy. Just to say to yourself, what can I do?
5: That's great. I'm glad you asked that follow-up because I I have a, a, a couple different times when I've been a She's in, a hockey player. I've sort of given I've sort of ribbed her about the Odyssey thing because I just know that they don't get along yeah. at all. Yep. But I I didn't realize that that she was started. why. And and that right there, the little games that she plays, yes. that's perfect.
1: She started out as a hockey player and I think that's before girls hockey had taken off completely and so she transitioned to basketball, but I am convinced that if if she had started off
3: later in hockey she stays there
5: oh yeah she stays as a hockey player absolutely
3: and that is a hockey player all right that was uh that was our conversation collar and judd earlier today with lindsey whalen if you're just joining us and you missed it she was wonderful opened up about her decision to announce her retirement and uh and some of the surprising things from the week so you can check that out on demand before we wrap the show let's talk about for my money and for my experience the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, and that would be Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694, and Brooklyn Boulevard. Go in and ask for a test drive and ask about these 2018 models. So I'm already looking on the website. There are 2019s that are arriving right now, including a Sienna LE8 passenger van. So the the 19s are on the way. Some of them are trickling in, and that means great deals on brand-new 2018 Toyotas. With Entune System 3.0 with an an 8-inch touchscreen that gives you access to all kinds of apps and things to toy around with, upgraded safety features, sleek new exterior on the Camry. So this is the best time of year with the national clearance event to get into a new 2018 as they try to make room for 2019s. I've been a lease guy myself the last several years, but they've got 0% APR financing if you want to jump in on that side of things. Mackie and Judd are back.
5: Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On
3: 1500 ESPN.
5: You know, Kai did a great job while he was here. He was a good kid, um, but we just decided to go with uh, with Daniel. Yeah.
3: Wouldn't have missed the kicker competition. I was kind of hoping it would go all the way to the fourth preseason game. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: And if one guy had missed a key field goal in mm-hmm. preseason game four, guess what? He's done. You know
3: what would be awesome if you got to the fourth preseason game and your kicker competition was still happening, and you figured you feel pretty good about the rest of the where the, the wins and losses don't matter, and you kind of know the rest of your roster, and you spent the entire second half every possession just getting into field goal position and then taking a knee where you want to kick from. Yeah. So you get the ball. All right, where would it Forty. We're, we, we're, we're three yards out. We need to take a four yard. We need to take a seven yard loss to get to fifty on the right hash. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you run backwards, lay down, and then the next play will run to the right over here, and let's get uh, Carlson out there. And then Kai gets mad because he's like, "That's not where I want the ball." Run another play.
0: <laughs> can I, Can I tell a quick Kai Forbath story? Sure. You have a Kai Forbath story, Declan. So, so I once stumbled to the bar with Kai Forbath. What? Yeah, and we were at Basement <laughs> Bar on Washington Avenue in the Loop, and so many people recognized Kai Forbath. Could you oh, pick, he's,
3: a, he's a, yes. Could you
0: pick out Kai Forbath though? You yes. could? I was I was honestly surprised how much how many people knew really who he was? He's an interesting-looking guy. That's true. He's, he's uniquely a different, different. He's a kicker. Guy. It's like goalies. Goal, you know, Devin Dubnik looks like a goalie. I mean, well, they're, they're kind of the same you boat. Know,
1: you know, he's an interesting-looking guy, but I don't know. That surprises me. Blair Walsh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Blair Walsh, for sure. And, and the all-timer, if you guys recall, Paul Edinger? Yeah. He was easy to pick out because he was a weird-looking dude.
3: What, what kind of...
0: What's his drink of choice? Uh... Look like a vodka, vodka soda, yeah, or, or a that gin and lean, sonic. That
3: lean physique, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it. Did you guys bond? Physique guys, uh, not really. Sodas. No, we talked
0: about red rabbit and red cow. He was a big fan <laughs> of both of those. Wow, so, she so yeah. Are we? Yeah. yeah, So are we? We get along
3: well with Kai Forbath. Uh, was he wearing? Remember that one picture where he was getting on the team plane in black pants with a with a little gap between where yeah. where the ankle is, and he had the loafers with no socks. Was that was he wearing something you know, like that? No, he
0: had the, you know those like soccer pants where like they're really tight like, kind of around they're like they're loose around the leg, but they're you know, they're kinda tight. He had like some of those some of those on. Okay. That doesn't sound very comfortable. No, that it doesn't. Judd odd. I,
1: I'd love to see you in a pair. I think you'd pull no, them off. I think very you well. Well. <laughs> should be quiet right now, definitely. I think you should be very, That's very another quiet. At, someone no. someone
3: with a great suggestion, the, who was it that jumped out of a plane? Or a helicopter this week? It was all over the internet. Yeah,
1: that's a really bad. But idea that could too. be an yeah, idea for a Judd athlete athlete challenge. That's a Judd death challenge, and Judd doesn't do death challenges. Well, we give
3: you a parachute. We no, just I'm, push no, I'm no, I'm still no, I'm still not doing
1: it. No, no, I will never jump from a plane.
3: How about bungee jumping? No, from no. a bridge, not a no, plane, but a no, bridge. No,
1: no, nothing in which I could actually get seriously hurt. <laughs> Zero chance.
3: We'll get you drunk enough. No, point. no,
1: no, no. You can't get me that drunk.
3: All right, find our on-demand stuff, Mackie and Judge show page at fifteen hundred ESPN.com. We'll see you tomorrow.